Welcome to the Everyday Ultra Podcast, a show designed to help you level up your training, crush your races, and ultimately become a better endurance athlete every single day. Whether you're an endurance athlete as a hobby or someone who wants to be the best in the sport, this is the show for you. I'm your host, Joe Corsione, and thank you so much for listening. Now, let's get into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Corsione. And today we have a guest who I've been wanting to chat with for a while. I was telling her before, I was like, she's been on my list and radar and uh, because she's just such a talented runner, but not just a talented runner. I think the way that she talks about her experiences with running is just so amazing. Um, like one of my favorite blog posts I think I've, I've ever read about running was her, her recap of CCC, um, which you, if you haven't read that, like I will put it in the show notes, please feel free to go through it. I'm sure you've heard all about her CC, CCC adventure this year too. And over the past three years of her just absolutely dominating in that race and other races too. Um, but I'm excited to dive into this conversation with her because she is a talented runner for the Adidas Terex team. She's been on the podium many, many times in various different races as well. Most recently winning Transvolcania out uh, this past Saturday as of this recording and uh, capping off an amazing 2022 race season. So we're going to dive into that race. We're going to dive a little bit more into her mindset, her training philosophy, everything like that. And what makes Abby Hall, Abby Hall. And that was a spoiler alert for who we're talking with today. Abby Hall herself, Abby, thanks so much for coming on the show. Hey, Joe, thanks for having me on. Happy to be here with you. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here with you too, both in the uh, Phoenix, Arizona area, getting ready for Javelini here, which is super exciting. Um, And so, you know, Obviously, we talked about your amazing, you know, uh, track record in terms of what you've just done over your career. It's truly impressive. I think you've built yourself as, you know, one of the the most prominent names in the sport for sure, which has just been amazing. I always like to know from our athletes who are coming on here and, you know, have these impressive, like, you know, just just accomplishments in their career. Where did it all begin? Like, how did you get into this world of ultra running? Because um, I know you have like an awesome background too in like graphic design as well, and I've kind of like weaved those things as well. Um, so curious to hear a little bit more about the Abby Hall background story and what got you to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's like, it's cool to hear you say that because, uh, that's definitely not like, uh, how I've always perceived myself in the sport and it's been a long time coming to get there. And, uh, I think especially people that have known me for, you know, maybe the last four or five plus years can, can really see like what that progression looked like because, uh, yeah, it hasn't always been that way. I've, I've not always been on podiums. I've not always been, uh, you know, like at a level that, that I imagined I'd be at now. So, uh, it's exciting for me to talk about kind of like how it all got started for me. Um, I let's see here, uh, when I was like after college, I went and lived in Los Angeles for a while. Um, and I was working as a designer out there for myself, like mostly like freelance kind of work. Um, and I was running just kind of to, because I love to run. Uh, I ran like in high school and college, um, not like wasn't like the best on the team, but was like really loved participating, like ran at a D3 school, um, and, you know, ran like primarily like the 800 in track. Yeah. I was on cross country. Um, and like, you know, living out in California after school was generally just continuing to run. Cause I love it. You know, like after those programs are over, it kind of goes one way or the other, where you're either like 
burnt out or you want to keep going. And I just enjoyed continuing to like go for runs mostly like at night by myself. Um, and I was kind of like starting to spend more and more time up in the Eastern Sierra in California, mainly in the context of climbing. Um, Mm -hmm. so I was showing up with climbing gear and like, I would go volunteer at things or go to like climbing events up there because I know like not many climbing friends really. And I would just show up with my gear and I'd be like, hi, I'm Abby. You want to climb? And so like met some cool people that way. Um, and just started to spend more time up there only to, you know, get in this rhythm where I'd come home from a climbing weekend and then like catch up on my running when I got back to LA, like, you know, cause I was casually doing like some road marathons and stuff like that. And then it kind of started to occur to me like, oh yeah, I can also do my runs when I'm in these cool places up in Bishop or Yosemite or Lone Pine or wherever. And, um, did Mount Whitney for the first time. So Mm. I go do Mount Whitney. I call my mom on the way down. I'm like, I'm never doing that again. That was insane. But you know, like, like, I think how a lot of our minds work as like ultra athletes is like the, the curiosity, right? Like, So it's like you get home and then like the Monday after you're kind of like, so how fast do people do that? Like, you know, (laughs) and, um, and what's that trail that goes down the other side of Mount Whitney and okay. FKT. Wow. Okay. Who are some of these people? Okay. Let me click into a podcast and wow. Like there's this, you know, book written by this ultra athlete. I'm going to order this and read it. And like, I just really quickly fell down this road of really like devouring content of like ultra athletes that, and I found it really fascinating. So I was in this phase where I, you know, put on my podcasts of like ultra content and like go for my runs around like Silver Lake in LA. And like, I remember them being things that like, I had no idea what they were. It would be like way too cool preview. And I was like, I don't know what way too cool is. And like, like, who are these people? But I just was like, wanting to like dive right in. Um, and kind of quickly, this all escalated to me really latching on to this initial ultra goal that I had of going for the fastest known time in the John Mm -hmm. Muir trail. Um, I decided I was at, you know, a place like in my mid twenties where I had like the flexibility to like, you know, be working for myself and pursue this wherever I wanted to. So I decided like, I want to move somewhere where I can not only like pursue this goal, but make the lifestyle shift to be like surrounded by people who are into this kind of thing, who want to go have an adventure with me on the weekends that we can like, you know, go have an epic out there, share the experience, have fun together. And that was kind of a marked lifestyle shift from life in Los Angeles. So I decided upon Boulder, um, moved to Boulder, signed up for a summer of ultras, leading into my first attempt on the JMT, which was like doing like the dirty 30, 50 K in June, my first 50 miler in July, another 50 K in August. And then like, go for the JMT in September. Why not? (laughs) Um, like needless to say, it was like, uh, you know, like a big lesson, uh, you know, just a big summer of learning. Uh, I like stopped my JMT attempt that first one, like, you know, halfway through day one, pretty much. So not halfway through, but, um, like, yeah, like 40 miles in or something like that. Um, and learned a lot and, you know, kind of tail between my legs realized, okay, I've kind of got two choices here. I can either kind of like set my sights a little lower here and, 
you know, maybe realize that like, I thought I was going to make this big splash in ultra running and didn't, and maybe it's just not for me, or I can like kind of roll up my sleeves and put my head down and get to work and realize there's a lot I've got to learn if I want to do some of these things that I think are interesting achievements that are experiences worth having. And so I'm glad I I chose the latter path and kind of, you know, from there it set off into, you know, that was like around, that was 2016. And really, yeah, since then it's just been this, this process of, um, setting big goals, failing at a lot of them, learning a lot, repeating, and, you know, really falling in love with that process. Oh man. Well, I appreciate that story so much because I, it's so inspirational to hear, right? Because I think there's a lot of people who want to get into this sport and like, and including myself, I remember when I first got into the sport, like, I remember I was like failing and like, like, you know, just, uh, just, you learn so many things along the way. And it's like, if you have these aspirations to whether it is like, you know, maybe finish a first hundred mile or even like compete at the, the competitive level, it's so cool to see that like for you, you know, you were able to really put your head down and, and really learn along the way into, you know, the Abbey hall. Now everyone sees was someone who, you know, you had to work hard to create and, and put in the work and that you are obviously super successful. And so doing something right along that journey. And I think that's so inspirational for people to hear, like if they have ultra running goals, cause as you know, like getting started, I mean, especially JMT FKT. I mean, that is like, as you know, is, 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 Definitely. Like, I know I would get crushed like right now if I went to go attempt that. Um, but it's so cool to see that learning experience shaped to where you are today along that journey. What do you think has been kind of like the biggest thing that has like led to like your massive success now? Right. Because I'm sure you like put your head down and, and did the work and worked hard and, you know, put yourself in these situations, but the progress you made has just been monumental. So I'm curious, like, what are some things that have really helped you along the journey? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I think it's, really okay so like there's i think part of it that's maybe more tactical and um you know something we can talk about especially as we chat about like some of the races this year of like you know risk taking and mm-hmm. this this like relationship with self belief and confidence and kind of almost like i see it almost as like a tightrope of like um ego versus like fear maybe and like how to mm walk that narrow path of believing you can do something, but being open to different outcomes. And, you know, it's, it's a tough, like it's a tough balance to strike. And, um, and one that I've had to kind of come up with my own personal relationship with. So it's like partially that. And then, um, maybe also like, you know, partially just, um, you know, being, being willing to fail and work through that and not be setting your scopes based on, um, like what you are, I don't know, being, being able to, yeah, see beyond a a potential failure and not let that set the parameters for what you're choosing to do. Um, and I think a big part of like my growth in the last handful of years has been like trying to seek out the most competitive fields possible and just continue to throw myself in the mix again and again. And there were not a lot of times where I was stepping up to like, you know, races where I felt like I could, I knew I could win. It was races where I was like throwing elbows and being like, holy moly, these are like some of the fastest women in the world. 
And like, mm. I'm just trying to hang as long as I can. And it, it really got me in this, uh, mindset of, um, you know, just being really humble and knowing there's a ton of amazing athletes out there. And every year it feels like it gets even more competitive and there's people coming from people getting into the sport from all over the world. And, you know, you can respond to that two ways as someone who's trying to like be competitive, you can, you know, like shut down and be scared by that and be like, Oh no, you know, my, like my turf's getting stepped on, or you can be like, whoa, this is an opportunity to grow and how exciting that there's this many opportunities for people to fall in love with the sport from whatever part of the world they're in, wherever, whatever kind of life they're coming from. And to me, that's like a really beautiful thing. And I'm, I'm glad I've kind of chosen to continue to like try and grow with the competition and where the sport's at. And, um, that's been like, that's kept the journey feeling really like positive and exciting to me. That is amazing, Abby. Like, I think it's so cool how, like you, like you mentioned, you kept putting yourself in the situations where the competition was hot. Right. Like, and that's like so far out of like anyone's comfort zone within a race, right. To like go into a race, like where it's like super competitive, where like you have people all over the world and, and you're trying to like really progress. Um, and even like you said, like you, you learn so much from them and everything like that. And sometimes it can be humbling, but it's like in those like moments, like where you learn and where you're humbled, like that you can go out and grow. And it's super cool to see that along the way, because I agree. And with your piece of advice of, you know, looking at it as a chance to grow, as opposed to like one that's like a parameter. I love that the yeah. word that you mentioned, like parameter of what you can do now, because I think it's so easy for humans and, and for our brain to kind of gravitate towards, oh, I failed. Like that's who I am where yeah. you were like, Hey, I can grow and learn. And I mean, the results are showing along the way that you've been able to do that, like so well, which is so cool. Mm, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it like has a lot to do with just what those initial goals were for me and how I responded to them of being like, you know, saying like, okay, do I want to try and like keep pursuing this JMT thing? Or do I want to just like kind of pretend like it never happened? And, uh, I felt like at the time there weren't, uh, a lot of people in the sport who were talking about failure. And I, th I think maybe it's becoming more, you know, people are becoming more open about it now. And I think, you know, that's a, that's a really cool thing. Um, but yeah, at the time I felt like I was the only one failing and I think it's easy to feel like that mm -hmm. when you're, when you're in it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, choosing to keep going in those times was, yeah, something that's kind of marked how the last years have unfolded for me. So amazing. I, I absolutely love that. And I think it's, again, it's, it's so awesome that like you're voicing this and putting this out there. Cause I agree. It's, you know, when we, when we hear the words like, or the three letters DNF, right. It's always like brings a little bit of pain. And like, even, even me just saying it, like in my stomach, you kind of feel it, but it's sometimes like in like those, those failures and DNFs like that you learn the most. And it's something that's not talked about. And when it is talked about, it's seen more in like a negative light, I think just in the, not just in the grand scheme of ultra running, but just in failure in general. And I yeah. think it's so great that we're all putting, or that you're putting a pedestal on it for it to move forward and kind of go through it. Uh, I know you mentioned that, you know, you put in, you know, your races and you towed the line at some of the most legendary races in the world. Is there like one race or a few races in particular that you've seen the most growth? I know, you know, you've thrown your hat into CCC multiple times. Obviously that's a very competitive field and, you know, the grand stage for ultra running, uh, most recently being at Transvolcania. Like, is there mm -hmm. any race in particular that you feel like has jettisoned your growth the most? Hmm. I would, I think I would definitely say like returning to CCC three times, um, and each year, 
um, you know, like working through progression leading up to that race and, you know, seeing it out on a tactical level on race day, like those experiences in 2019, uh, 21 and 22, like were, um, yeah, really, really transformational for me. And, um, I think the act of returning kind of, um, taught me that I really enjoy this style of kind of trying to really be a student of the sport where I'm Mm. trying to go, you know, like really master something. Um, and, and that was a really cool opportunity and, and something that, you know, at any race, like I would recommend people doing as a way of continuing to get to know themselves. And I think it can be a really, you know, returning to a race can be, yeah, just a really cool way of cultivating that kind of self-confidence, um, Mm -hmm. of, you know, knowing a course, knowing every turn, having bad memories there, having good memories there and kind of, you know, continuing to keep an open mind each year to the experience. Um, that's been where I've seen a lot of growth for sure. Super cool. I love that. I I think it's a really great perspective with returning to a race because like you have like a baseline and you can like really measure like where you're kind of at relative to the other years. Like I love too in your write up to, you know, this year's CCC, you talk about like how your goal for this race was to really just like, you know, be better in terms of what you can do out there. And you were, and you exceeded it. And like, even though like the field was like super like wicked fast, as you know, like, like the thing that you place the most emphasis and kind of win on was like you focusing on how you did versus the other two years, despite like all the ups and downs, like leading into that race, which I just think is incredible to see from your perspective and something that you know, I, I think is a good benchmark, as you mentioned for progress for anyone who wants to kind of measure that up for themselves in the sport. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think, yeah, like you hit it on the head with like some of the ups and downs going into the race of like, mm-hmm. you know, I had this issue with my knee. Um, like I took a bad fall in June in the grand Canyon, um, and split my knee open, like really right on the joint. Um, and yeah, like got eight stitches across the front of my knee and it kind of, turned into this long saga where then I fell again in July and reopened it. And so it was just this like real saga of a wound. And there were a lot of times during those, you know, probably first six weeks of summer where I was like, am I going to still be able to do CCC how I want to do it? Um, and ultimately I kind of realized, Hey, this is either going to work or it's not. And, uh, so I continued to really pursue it with that narrow chance that it could still work knowing that, Hey, there's like, you know, this maybe 15% chance this like still goes off how I'm hoping it will. And, you know, a large chance that it doesn't, but I'm going to die trying. So I'm, I'm glad that I took that approach rather than just uh, lowering my sights from the get-go. And, you know, um, I still, I think, yeah, gave it a good fight. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I love that you mentioned that quote, cause you put that in your write-up as well. It's going to work or it's not. And, and I think it's just so powerful and it's, it simplifies kind of like that thing that at least from my perspective, I know, like when I like have like a little injury or something coming up, it's like, well, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? But it's to your point, it's just as simple as, you know, it's going to work or it's not. And it's like, yeah. what do you want? What's your goal? And like, this obviously was a big race for you. Like one that you, you know, have, has been special to you in the past, but like this particular one too was great. And I love how you went out there and executed. And, you know, as you know, on the podium again for that race, which is, you know, again, one of the fastest CCC fields we've seen, like yeah. for the women's field, like ever, which is crazy. Um, 
but you put it all out there and it, it ended up working out well. And it was super, super great. What was like, kind of like, because I'd love to kind of like go into weave like a little bit more of like your philosophy on things with like the, the Transvolcania race, because I think it'd be cool to kind of touch on those things. I know yeah. you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, risk-taking in the beginning. Right. And obviously like with the knee, there was probably a lot of like that weighing out and even maybe coming into, you know, this race, this last weekend, how do you kind of approach risk-taking when it comes to ultra running? Right. Because I think it's so easy for us to like have a little bit of like a, a, a niggle or something in there that like, is like, Oh, should I run through this? What's the risk? Like, how do you approach that? And maybe how has that kind of played out throughout your race season? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I think a lot of it, has come from this place of figuring out that, you know, I think as humans, we all perform best when we're really happy with who we already are. Um, and so I think I used to see races as like this opportunity to really like prove myself. Um, and I think, especially as you step up to like more competitive fields, it can, it can feel that way. Um, but the, the more I was able to, you know, I think like a lot of this came from that background of maybe like accepting failure, right? Like the more I was able to come to peace with the fact that I might go into a race wanting to win and I might get like second to last place. Like I did at Leadville two years, (laughs) um, you know, the more you kind of come to terms with that worst case scenario, the more you feel like you've got nothing to lose. And Mm -hmm. so racing with that kind of spirit has, has worked out really well for me. Um, where there's not like this, this nagging fear of not winning in my head. It's like, Mm -hmm. just feels more like this, you know, act of joy that I get to go do. Um, and so, yeah, like within that, like the tactical side of risk-taking has meant really like trusting my body, trusting the, the training going like that's, you know, happening the other months of the year. So like, even in the case of like my knee going into CCC, it was like, I knew that I could trust the, you know, month after month after month before that, where training was going consistently and I was putting in the work and I was having good workouts or, or bad workouts or just workouts. (laughs) Um, and, you know, being able to trust that history there as a way of, you know, knowing that, you know, I can get to the halfway point of a race feeling like unsure if I could continue and have that kind of relationship with my body where I can trust that, like, it, it knows, it knows how to keep going. It knows how to keep staying at that, at that line of effort. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's been something I think, especially at CCC that I've continued to kind of push every year. Like the first year it was like, go have an experience there, you know, put yourself in the mix, see how this shakes out. The next year it was like, oh, wow. You know, I'm in Champaign-Lac and I'm like in a podium position here. Like, let's see what I can do. Um, And then this year it was like going into it being like, I want to win. And I'm Mm going to like that from the moment the you know, gun goes off. And so, um, it's been like, you know, continuing to kind of like, uh, you know, narrow that scope of what I hope is possible there. Um, and yeah, like, I think there's also kind of this like vulnerability involved in returning, especially like after last year where I got second, it was, Mm. you know, a lot of 
like people fairly asking, like, so is the only goal to win? Like if you're returning and hoping to do better. And um, like, of course that was a big goal in my head and one that yeah, I think I was also like pretty open about. Um, but, you know, it's uh, like the way this year unfolded, you know, there's so many amazing women that showed up and ran incredible races and I can't control that. So all I could do was run as fast as I could and ultimately ran 53 minutes faster than I did when I was second last year. Um, which is just to me, a sign of like where the sport's at that, you know, it's, it's growing like crazy. I mean, the top, I'm pretty sure the top 10 women Mm -hmm. this year were faster than my second place time last year. And that's just like, that's just the, where the sport's at. Um, and it's an amazing thing to me. So, uh, yeah, sorry, I'm rambling. <laughs> no, it's great. And I think that last sentence that you mentioned there was so powerful. And I think it's indicative of why one of the one of the many reasons I could list off of why you've been so successful and like fulfilled by the sport is like you're saying, like, it's like so great that like people are getting competitive. Like you see like this kind of shift in the sport as something that like can fuel you and you can like really like learn to like push yourself and become a bad better athlete on yourself. And I think the coolest thing in there is like, you know, you're comparing yourself to like who you were like last year and not like who the field is because like we right. can't control that. And I think that is like such a healthy mindset to have when it comes to it. So so, you know, obviously CCC goes by and you hit your own, you know, like goal in terms of just like yeah. improving from last year, hit that podium. What was kind of like your, your decision to go into like Transylvania at the end? Like what, like, cause obviously like CCC, I'm, I'm assuming was probably like your a race, like your, yeah. your big goal of the year. And, uh, what made you want to kind of like strap that bib on for the last time, uh, yeah. this past weekend? I, so I had been signed up for the race for Transwakani since like in 2020 when it was canceled due to COVID Mm. in 2021, when it was canceled due to the volcano eruption there. Um, and was really excited that it was finally, you know, going to go off this year. So, um, it was partially due to, you know, real excitement to just go experience that race. Um, and then also partly, um, just like an excitement to race a little bit more. Um, I didn't race a ton this year. i did trans grand canaria in mm-hmm. march i did um a race in uh, 65k and in innsbruck at the innsbruck alpine trail festival in may and then i did ccc um and so i felt and the a goals there being trans grand canaria and ccc and so mm-hmm. i wanted to yeah put on one more bib and um i was also kind of curious i think especially after CCC where my focus was so structured and meticulous and detailed. I was kind of curious to, uh, try like going for a race where I hadn't run it before. I didn't have like, which actually I, I hadn't done an a race in a while that I didn't already know. Like Transgrand Canary, I'd done twice. Mm. I've done three times. Um, the year before it was like, um, Western States. And I had run canyons before that. And so it was like a lot of like returning to races. So I kind of wanted to see how I could do at a race with like, like flying by the seat of my pants a little bit more, like going by feel, you know, going out and having a good trip without it being such a meticulous prep and see like how that approach works for me. Um, so ultimately I got out there about 10, 10, 11 days before 
the race and, um, did a little bit of scouting, uh, with my teammate, Petter Engdahl out there and, um, got to know the course a little bit. And it was like fun to go in with that approach a little bit more where it was, um, yeah, just like a little less detailed and, you know, even like, I think I did maybe two, two or three workouts between CCC Mm -hmm. and Tanya. So like, it wasn't even like anything crazy from a training perspective. I did two runs in the Canyon before I left and, you know, just ran some consistent miles and, um, really just leveraged that, that CCC build. Um, and it worked out well. Yeah. It, yeah. Clearly it worked out amazing. And I'm curious, cause I know you mentioned like on, in your Instagram kind of leading up to the race or either after the race, I can't remember, but I know you remember you mentioning, uh, you went into this race with like an emotionally full cup. Like, mm-hmm. does that kind of like relate to not kind of having this structure, kind of letting yourself be a little bit more freeform with it, or there kind of more that goes into that? Because I think, I, I think it a testament, and I would love to hear this from your perspective. I'm only kind of guessing here. Um, is that's why it allowed you to perform so well? Because I think like when, when anyone has an emotionally full cup in anything, it's like always a benefactor in there. So I guess like, how did you fill your cup emotionally before this race? I think, well, so I think like the, the desire to make sure that I was, you know, feeling like in that positive place emotionally was Mm. just knowing that like coming out of UTMB every year, like is always just really draining. Like you've, Mm. you've put it all out there the atmosphere is so exciting. It's like, even not just for your race, but everyone else's races. It's like, you know, especially like across our, like Adidas Terex team. It's like, some people are DNFing. Some people are winning. Some people are having the race of their life and PRing. Some people are having a tough day. And it's like, it's, um, it's really emotional. And like, I always feel like by the end of August, I'm just like, you know, totally exhausted from mm. like, you know, from, in, from, from everything. And so, um, I knew that to kind of turn around and race again, eight weeks later, like it was going to, you know, the fitness would just be there from, Mm. from from the year, from the summer and the real determiner of just kind of like, whether I was going to be willing to kind of go to the wall one more time was just, you know, if I, if I kind of had that fight in me or if I had like laid it all out there for CCC, cause like, which I did, like, I, I totally did lay it all out there. And so it was like, um, yeah, kind of curious to see, uh, yeah, like how I was going to be able to recharge in those weeks between. Um, and so for me, the focus really was on feeling really restful at home. Um, I really wasn't thinking about the upcoming travel until like the day I left pretty much. Like mm. I, it wasn't like I was counting down in my head to be like eight weeks to go, seven weeks to go. Like I really wasn't thinking about Transylvania hardly at all. We had um, family come visit. We had a teammate come to town and stay with us for a little bit. Like it was really just about like being with people, getting in some easy runs, feeling content and at home and kind of like rooting down in fall and just like enjoying life. And then um, I don't really feel like I got into race mode until like I landed in La Palma and like, Mm just like, like seeing the Island for the first time. And then I just like felt that, uh, that shift in my like mind, body, heart, where I was like, oh yeah, this is awesome. And I'm going to race one more time this season and I cannot wait. And so I think by kind of setting up that, 
that restful time, like when I finally got there, there was this like explosion of really excited energy. Um, and just like the excitement to go be in that race atmosphere and headspace and all that one more time. That's so awesome. And I, I, I love that approach of being able to like sit there and then, you know, just focus more on like the enjoyment of not just like, you know, the, the running and being in there, but also like you said, like spending time with family and just, you know, enjoying like uh, the thought of adventure and just being in the moment. Right. And then like turning on that switch, like once you land, cause like sometimes, and I don't know if you can relate, but I know like for me, it's like when I'm in that zone, like constantly, like maybe like weeks before a race, like even, even that can like be a little exhausting sometimes. Cause it's like, you're on edge. You're thinking like logistics, like you're kind of like going to this, like, you know, uh, intense mindset and like, yeah. even like not channeling that before or channeling that before your race, like weeks before can like totally just be exhausting sometimes. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, especially like, um, you know, when there's like travel involved and you're not yes. like in your routine at home and things like that. Um, I think I've like, you know, tried to like get better at, um, you know, like transitioning in and out of race mode a little bit more fluidly. Um, like I look back at, you know, some of my first ultra experiences, like the first time I ran Leadville, I feel like for like six months afterward, I was like coming back to life and just Mm. like, I was so sad about how it went at first. And that was probably for like two months. And then I was like starting to enjoy running again. And that probably took a month. And like, I just feel like the transitions were a lot like like heavier emotionally for me Mm. and filled with like expectations and all this stuff. And so I think, yeah, learning how to like kind of dance between those spaces of like this, like race day, me and like at home, me has, has made life easier. And then like also just makes like race mode me more enjoyable and more fun. Mm-hmm. I love that. And and one of the common threads I'm hearing from like kind of all the, your answers saying here is like, kind of just like letting go this idea of like expectation, right? Like just letting go of like how things should be or anything and just being more enjoying the moment. The more that I'm kind of like talking to a lot of different people in the sport, it seems like people are starting to like catch on to that. Cause like, I mean, as you know, and like, you know, being an ultra runner yourself and just being there and someone who's out there competing, like it can be so easy to always like be in that competitive mode. And, you know, it, I, I think it's, it's an asset and we need to be there at times at yeah. the same time, like also have leaning into like the enjoyment. Cause like we all got into this, the sport, like you mentioned, like that interest, that curiosity, that, that, that want for adventure. And I think it's like such an asset to always like keep that with us, even when like, you know, the goal is to win or to like have aspirations of being on the podium. So it's so cool to see you kind of having that dance, like between like your competitive side with the goals and then ultimately like also enjoying the moment. And it's, it's cool to see that lead up to like success and, you know, not just obviously last weekend, but throughout your career and, you know, kind of going back to last weekend during that race, what, what was that experience like? Like what, you know, you mentioned this was something that's been on your mind for, you know, several years now, like coming on from 2019, you're out there. Like, what was that race experience like? And I guess, how did your, what was like your mind going through when you were out there, you know, racing those miles? Like curious to hear from your perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think going into Transvolcania and I think actually also CCC this year, I think I had a really similar conversation with my husband, Cordis, which was um, me saying something like, you know, in the nervous days before the race, something like, I hope it goes how I want it to go or something Mm. like, like that. And 
you know, he and I are both like, I think into this idea of like self-responsibility a lot and like making things happen and not just feeling kind of like you're at the mercy of like the winds of chance of like, did it go well or not? And, um, and so both times, I think I've said that before these recent races, Cordis has been quick to remind me of like, you don't like you, you, you're the one who can go make that happen. You know, you don't just like have to wait to feel good and hope it's going well. Like you can kind of like, you know, I mean, like, of course there's, there's some elements of, of luck involved of, you know, towing the line healthy and not being sick and whatever, like having your logistics go well, but like, yeah, I was glad kind of before both races that Cordis kind of reminded me to get back in that headspace of, of kind of self-responsibility and making it happen. Um, Mm. because that's like a, a big part of how I like to race as well. And so, yeah, like for me, I think last weekend was, um, you know, it's a shorter race than a lot of the races that I've been used to over the last couple of years. Um, and so I really felt like I needed, like I needed all the runway of, of miles during the race that I, that I could get, um, which in this case was only 45. <laughs> um, and so I, uh, I knew that like, I'd be able to kind of capitalize on those, those late miles, especially as, um, as things got hot and as the climbing and descending really started to pile up and, um, knew that that's kind of like where I could shine. And so, um, yeah, didn't, didn't take things out too hot or aggressively. Um, but I think took the lead, uh, probably about, about an hour into the race. Mm. Um, and, and then led the rest of the day from there. Um, and so it was definitely interesting, you know, running, like knowing that I was being chased and, uh, but really I tried to kind of just you know, gauge my own effort and get into this really familiar rhythm of, of climbing that, you know, has defined so many of the races I've done this year. Um, I was kind of debating whether or not to bring poles and ultimately I'm really glad I did. Cause it just like clicking into my poles just is, feels the most familiar to me and just mm. reminds me of the training reminds me of the other races I've done this year and just like gets me back in that same headspace. Um, and so I think, you know, really like kind of capitalizing on that, like sense of familiarity of like, you know what you need to do and you know, um, like, you know, how, how race day effort goes, like eat every 30 minutes, keep plugging away, keep tapping away. (laughs) Um, that was like, I think what, what was most enjoyable about like how last weekend went. Um, and so, yeah, led through, yeah, from, uh, probably, yeah, like an hour into the race through the finish. Um, and, you know, was, um, really just chugging away kind of through the men's field too. And ultimately finished, I think 10th overall, which was cool. Um, mm-hmm. and like, I, I was definitely surprised by, by how, how that went. And like, uh, I think especially was able to move well, um, through like the sections at altitude, um, especially coming from Flagstaff, like the high point of the islands around 8,000 feet, I think. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of nice to get up to that altitude and feel like, okay, this is like just a little bit higher than like yeah. most of the runs you're doing at home. Just like, um, yeah, like just kind of bask in that familiarity and, uh, it, um, yeah, it was just, it was a pretty smooth day. <laughs> That's awesome. I love like that point about like leaning into the familiarity of things, right? Yeah. Like even like, like, even if the polls, like 
and I'm sure they helped like from a technical perspective, but even if they didn't, like, I love how like the emphasis in that was like, helped you tap into like the familiarity that you're used to having out on the trails and getting into your rhythm and having those things and like tapping into that to have that well oiled machine. And, you know, one thing that I know you talk about a lot is like really like managing like your races. So you don't like blow up. Is that like, kind of like one of those things that you do is like lean into that familiarity, like routine kind of thing. Like, cause I know you mentioned like you were out in this race pretty early, like, you know, an hour in, like, and you were kind of like led it to the finish. Like, how do you like on top of the familiarity thing? So I'm sure that's a big piece of it. How do you like manage, like being able to pace yourself so well in these ultras? Cause I think, you know, you, you do it well, like very, very well, just kind of looking at your, you know, career and recent races and everything. And we also kind of talked about the risk taking. So I'm sure that kind of has an approach to it too, but how did that kind of play out maybe in this race and maybe your races in general? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to really mirroring what mirroring those race scenarios in my training as much as possible. Um, like I'm doing my same race nutrition in any run longer than 90 minutes that I ever do. So, Mm. which is ends up being a lot of runs and I, so like race day, like nutrition for one doesn't feel any different to me than Mm. like most runs that I'm doing. Um, so that's like a big one as well as then like, I really, um, yeah, I really like kind of training with a lot of specificity in mind. Um, so, you know, fortunately like in Arizona here, we've got like a really diverse set of, um, you know, different climates and altitudes and terrain that we can run in. And, um, I have tried to also kind of make like the elements be my friend, um, I really enjoy heat. I like spending a lot of time in the sauna. And I found that like some of those things are what make up some of those really like deciding moments in ultras where it's like, okay, when it's the heat of the day, how is like the field going to like, you know, shake out here or Mm. when it's at altitude and people's stomachs start to go, how can I make sure I've got like a stable plan where I'm like, you know, trying to like dial my hydration as things get hotter and cooler. And, um, yeah, I think a lot of that comes from knowing like, like a lot of races where I was going into these really competitive fields and feeling like, all right, I'm not the fastest one here, but how can I make sure I nail all the other elements of this and milk every minute out of it that I can. And so like coming from that background, I think has made it so that that's like a big part of my racing is trying to really have tight time and aids master like you know like cooling and nutrition and some of those things like that so yeah yeah and you're known for those tight times at aids i mean like it like in in ccc i think it was like somewhere like your entire time like throughout all aids was like six or seven minutes like something like really minuscule like you're in and out of there so like you are dialed in and what you need to know which i mean as you know can add up like which is so cool yeah yeah totally <laughs> yeah 100 percent. and i i love the approach of like you're kind of like zeroing in on the areas like where where people kind of like get got in these races right yeah. i mean like even like if we're talking about in recency here like javelina this weekend like a lot of yeah. things like loop three heat of the day like it's a very runnable course like people <laughs> like that's when people like start to really like start to feel it and yeah. it's like when you can like know when those sections are and even you know in utmb and ccc 
that beginning part where people just scream out the gate, right. And just gas their legs. Like, how do you manage those things when you get to, you know, those last tough climbs and everything. It's so cool that you're pinpointing those areas to really yeah. kind of hone in on. Um, I'm curious, like to kind of like close the knot on like the Transylvania thing. What did this like race like mean to you? Like what, what were some things that you maybe took away from this race? Cause I'm a huge fan of your race recaps. I love it. I always, I always love like hearing any bits of wisdom that uh, you have to share about it. So about this race in particular, what was so special about it? Maybe something you learned along the way. I think uh, I, gosh, I think for me, like I've been plugging away in, in like podium spots and races for a while, kind of like, you know, like I mentioned, just like trying to throw myself in these really competitive situations. And so for me, like getting a, like a big international win really meant a lot. Um, and felt, um, yeah, just like felt like a long time coming. And, um, I was like really proud of that, but also like at the same time, it was really cool to feel like pretty much immediately after. And in these days following, like, you know, just like the process just continues, like nothing changes. Like that doesn't, that doesn't mean like it, it can mean as much as I want it to, you know what I mean? And in this case, it just means like, you know what, I had a really, like I had a smooth day out there, but I keep learning and I keep growing. And like, that's like why I'm after this is like, I, I just really, I really do enjoy the process of pursuing these things and trying to like, like master ringing, like effort out of myself. And so, um, it's also just been like, yeah. Cool reminder to it's kind of where like the whole like process, not outcome thing really like meets the road, so to speak of like, okay, so, you know, what does it mean? Like after a good race or after a bad race, like, and in this case, it's kind of like, yeah, I just, I love doing this sport and I want to keep going and <laughs> that's that. <laughs> I love that mindset. I think it's so great. Like you saying, like it happened and like, this is, this is what it is. And it's like, you know, you're still going to be doing what you're doing. Like you're still Abby Hall, like you're still going to give your best out there. And it, it's cool like to see you like, kind of like balance, like that celebration, but also the same thing of like, okay, like, you know, we're, this is, this is what I do. Like, you know, it's uh, nothing out of the ordinary. I love that like approach to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I kind of want to wrap up the conversation, kind of talking about your involvement with Adidas Terex, because I think mm-hmm. what Adidas is doing with, with that team is just awesome. I mean, it's it's super cool. It's gaining so much steam, you know, in the ultra running space. And I think it's really making a name for itself. And obviously, like you're making a name as an athlete, as long with, you know, your teammates as well on there. Tell us a little bit more about like your involvement with that and kind of like how you got into you know, that team and like, you know, what has been like, kind of like the highlights of you being a part of this, this incredible uh, venture that Adidas has going on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think for me, one of the things that has made, I mean, okay. Like I, I have so much I want to talk about, but, this, but <laughs> I like, first off, like being a part of this team of, you know, a group of us from all over the world, all, you know, disciplines and lengths of races and styles and, um, experience levels, ages, like, um, it definitely just makes the whole process of like pursuing the sport, like a lot more rich and exciting. And, um, really like this group of people has really made it feel like a team sport, like where like we win together, we go through the hard moments together and like, you know, races like UTMB, like our perfect example of that, where it's like, you know, 
like race after race and like, you know, we're all out there scattered across these distances, having various experiences out there and like, you know, all coming back again for dinner on Sunday night after it all and being like, all right, there's, you know, we all had different days out there, but regardless, like, you know, we, we keep going as a team and like that I think has really framed a lot of my approach to these things, um, and has made it feel a lot less individualistic and more about just like what we can do together. And really like the team environment has been a big factor in like elevating me as an athlete and allowing me to believe in myself more. Um, and yeah, like there's a lot of people on the team. I mean, everyone on the team, I like, look up to in some way. And like, but there's been, you know, like, especially like a hand, a good handful of people on the team who really, I think have been like mentors to me and have really, um, yeah, I've been able to, you know, build relationships with that, that make me like believe in myself more. Um, but also like a lot of that even comes from kind of like how the relationship started, which was, um, you know, like back when I started with the brand in like, 2018, it was, you know, it was definitely new and like, we had a lot of work to do on the products we had, you know, like, you know, Tarex had this, this vision of like becoming a team and we all came together around this and like really made it a reality. But like, I think along with that, like, I felt like, you know, Adidas really took a chance on me then too. And like, I hadn't Mm -hmm. done a lot in my career at that point. And I think because of this, you know, like amazing experience of like Tarek believing in me enough to like join this beautiful thing. It's like allowed me to see more in myself and just like really gets me really excited about this model of a team for everyone at all levels of the sport of like yeah. who, who your team is like, so to speak of like the people you're training with, the people that you look up to, the people that you feel like are a mentor to you, um, whether it's a coach or training partner or your crew or like, like that model of like surrounding yourself with people that allow you to see more in yourself is something that I want to like, just, I just want everyone to get to experience that. And so to me, that's like, a really exciting part of our sport growing as much as it is right now is there's more opportunities for people to, to get to experience that kind of thing. So for me, it's been, yeah, really special. That's so awesome. Yeah. And I mean, it totally, especially even just seeing it from like an outsider's point of view. And it's so cool to see like how much it's like helped you to level up, like in terms of just the people you surround with, because it even relates to what you're talking about, like earlier in the conversation, right? The first thing was like, you know, you move into Boulder and wanting to be around like a great community. And then the other thing was like putting yourself in these intense races where like you have like the best of the best sport. It seems like proximity has been like your power to like really like step into, you know, your power is kind of like an athlete and so on to say, and like who you associate with, like not only like levels you up, right. That's the one thing, but also like makes it more enjoyable too along the way. And like, I think you nailed it perfectly in terms of like how Adidas is making it so that basically everybody can like find their own team, like wherever yeah. it is, right. Like their own community, yeah. like their own like niche. Cause like some people, yeah, maybe they want to go competitively or some people just want to, you know, just, yeah. you know, just be a weekend warrior and just kind of right. have it out there. And regardless, like the community aspect is awesome. And it seems like it's played such a huge role in your life, your career and you know, what you're doing and running and going forward. So it's uh, super cool to see that. 
Mm, thanks for saying that. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, the community of the sport without a doubt, um, gets me so excited. And like, I think it's been cool to just see what, what that has meant to like, what the community piece means, like also like pursuing the sport, like professionally too. Like mm. I used to kind of see those things almost like at odds with each other where it's like, mm either like this pro person or you're like a community person. And that's like really not the case. Like you, I really believe you can pursue the sport at a like full on professional, like high level and like, and be like brought into and accepted by like the community of our sport in a wholehearted way. And like that, that like, you know, both, both sides of that, like complement each other so well. And, uh, that's something I enjoy a lot. Yeah. It's, it's that I love that so much. I think that is just so well said, like even it's so funny. Cause like, I feel like every time, including even this conversation, right? Like every time, like we, we see like someone who maybe we look up to in the sport as a competitive athlete, right? Like even like you yourself, Abby, like when we hopped on, it was just like, you're so down to earth and like, so like nice. And I think that speaks volumes to that aspect of, like you mentioned, it's like, you know, there's no kind of separation between like elite athlete and like community, right? It's like, in the end of the day, we're all runners. And I think the, the, trail and ultra community really leans into that probably better than like any other sport right because we all have like that same love for adventure and running and pushing ourselves and all the all the incredible you know stories that we get ourselves into out out on our races right I mean like what other sports can you go and like sign up for a race where you're then like, you can go sign up for a race and be in the same race as like Killian or whoever, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, not like, it's not like a separate thing. It's like, we are, we are all in this from the, the front of the pack to the back of the pack together. And that's like, I think a really cool part of, part of our sport. It's, uh, it's not, it's not like separated in any way we're, we're all in it together. And yeah, that's, that's a unique part about how our races are set up. Yeah. I had actually never like put together like how unique that is. Like, I always thought it was like a cool thing, but like, you're right. It's like, we can never like, you know, in, in basketball, you can never sign up to like go play, right. you know, a game with yeah. LeBron James or something exactly. in basketball. Right. Like, but like <laughs> to your point, like anyone can sign up for Javelino or like, yeah. you know, canyons or like any of these exactly. like epic races, which is just like super cool to see. And as you mentioned, like just having like the growth in the sport, it's a, it's an exciting time to be, to be a, a trail and ultra runner for sure. It really is. Yeah. And I, um, am just hearing you mention Havelina again. I'm so excited for this weekend and this is just like getting me so excited to I'm volunteering at an aid station. I'm so excited to, yeah, just like cheer everyone on and go have a, a dose of our community here. It's gonna be great. <laughs> That's so awesome. And, and you're living like your, your piece that you mentioned when you said like, you know, elite athletes, like like in community, like they're not mutually exclusive, like they're one and the same. And it's so cool to see like you're out there like volunteering. And I know like other like uh high caliber athletes are also going to be out there volunteering and supporting and you know being there. So it's like so cool to see like everyone's just celebrating running. And uh I'm excited to see you out there. And apologies in advance if you just see me just like in like you know carcass mode out there coming in off like four or something. But uh, oh I can't yeah. wait. It's gonna be great. <laughs> it's gonna be great. I mean like oh my gosh is that Joe like me? Just sweating like oh man it's gonna be 
It's going to be yeah. fun. The same person that I was talking to the other day. Yeah. <laughs> he looks a little different. That's him. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Abby, you are awesome. I, this conversation was amazing and I'm so excited to see, you know, uh, all the, you know, amazing, like more races and stories and, and, and miles and takeaways that you have ahead for you. Cause I, you have a, a bright career, even, even more so ahead of you on top of an already shining career. So I I'm excited to see it and, and dive into, you know, your career more and for our listeners who want to do the same and want to follow along with you and and you know get to be more involved in your world where can they best do so um let's see probably i'm active on instagram my uh thing on instagram is abby abby dot k dot hall h-a-l-l and then um cordis and i have a website it's actually like our old wedding website repurposed into a blog oh that's so, <laughs> so cool yeah so we'll, we both like post stuff there from time to time so it's like a mix of things cordis and i are up to on there and admittedly we could be more active on there but hearing your excitement about the ccc post makes me excited to maybe do a transwakanya write-up or just be a little bit more active on there so um that website is abby and cordis dot com c-o-r-d-i-s is cordis's name <laughs> that's awesome yeah and i like would love to see more content from you on the writing side because it like again i know i mentioned before like you're a talented writer you express your your thoughts and your takeaways and your words in such like a powerful way that just like when you read it it it, it's not just like, oh, I'm reading this. It's like, I feel this. So it's, uh-huh. it's really powerful stuff. So I'm hoping to, would love to see more content in there. And for anyone listening who wants to access uh, the blog or follow Abby on Instagram, check out the show notes. The links will be there for sure. And super excited to see what's next for you, my friend. And for the last question here that I ask every single guest that comes on this podcast is what can our listeners do every single day to become better endurance athletes? Hmm. Um, I'm going to say to, let's see here, having fun, <laughs> I know that's so basic, but it's just, I don't know. I really, I really think, I don't know. I just went on my first run since Transwakania today and like, mm. it's just fun, you know, running's just awesome. It's just so fun. I got to like go out there on these trails by these cactuses and like, it was just so fun, like bounding around between rocks and I don't know just reminds me like why I really enjoy like this is a form of, I don't know, like you could, I could pursue my journey with the self and effort and things like that in a lot of ways. And it's a reminder of kind of why I choose running as the medium for all that. So enjoy it. Enjoy the journey. (laughs) That's an incredible answer. I think it's far from basic because because it's so hard, right? Like running is hard and, you know, there are going to be times where we do a failure injury, like maybe like not hitting our goals. And it's like, those things can kind of steer us away from like, you know, the fun, the essence, like why we got into it, the adventure. And so I think like your words of advice are so powerful. Like, you know, even though it might seem like, you know, super simple, like in that simplicity, I think is so powerful. So uh, because of you, I will definitely have much more fun this weekend and focus on that for sure in the race. And, and Abby, thank you so much for coming on. This was amazing. You're amazing. And Uh, so excited to see what's next for you. Thank you so much, Joe. I'm so excited to cheer you on this weekend. It's going to be amazing. Oh, thank you so much, Abby. Appreciate you. 
Alright everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. Appreciate you listening in. And if you have any topics or guests or suggestions for the show, I would love to hear that because I want to make sure this show is so valuable to you that I'm able to provide all the things that you're looking for to become a better endurance athlete every day. So if you have those things, feel free to send them over to me on Instagram at Joe Corsione. That is my handle, J-O-E-C-O-R-C-I-O-N-E. And I'm more than happy to fit it into the show, reach out to the guests that you're looking for, and ultimately give the value that you're looking for. Um, If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. Uh, Would love to get more ultra runners and uh, people in the ultra endurance community listening to this podcast because the more this podcast grows, the better we're able to serve you as well. And so thank you so, so much again for listening in. I tell you, I do not take it lightly. And remember, my friends, become a better endurance athlete every single day. Take care.